Um, welcome to day two of preparing. Um, yesterday we began um, on the journey of, you know, we were talking about birthing and we were praying along, um, um, praying with the scriptures that we shared. And this morning we're going to be um, moving on um, with regards to the word for this season. Praise God. Is everyone here with me? It's so quiet. Yes. Can anyone hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Um, so this morning we're going to be um sharing some scriptures and we're going to be praying. And by the grace of God, um, I will be um leading us in prayers and in the word. Um, so we started off, as mentioned, we started off yesterday talking about um birthing, you know, um, it's a season where we are speaking on and we are learning and we are praying um, um, regarding the breakers anointing, you know, and um, we established that one of the things that um, the breaker comes to do, one of the things that breaking means, the first one um, we looked at was um, to burst forth out of the womb. So we talked about bursting out and bursting forth the um, place of times and seasons place of times and seasons the time to give birth the time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot you know so there is a time for birthing there is a time for um for for the um for the con for for the conception of the seed there's a place and a time for intimacy then there's the time for conceiving then there's a time for carrying and then when that process ends, it begins, it launches you into another season where it is time to birth. We talked about the place of pain in birthing. We prayed and we said, Lord, let us not misinterpret the pain that we go through. You know, um, also understanding that there is um, an intelligence that is required to navigate through pain. So there are many times people are going through pain or uncomfortable um, situations, you know, and because pain has a way of, or rather pain could destabilize you if you don't have perspective. So people just run away from the pain and altogether they abort the process of birthing. You know, people look for ways to induce the pain. People look for ways to avoid the pain um, because it is uncomfortable, you know, because it, it, it's, it's destabilizing. So people don't want anything that's going to rock their boats they just want to remain in the place of the familiar you know there's this thing that people say that man is a creature of habits you know we just want to keep doing that thing that works for us we don't want to change anything we never want to be taken outside of our comfort zone but pain takes you out of your comfort zone your posture changes when you're in pain the way you start thinking changes when you're in pain you know it's like it's something that comes to just shake you up you know and if you're not able to navigate through it properly you know you can end up making making um, terrible, um, silly mistakes or mis-evaluating. So we um, looked at pain and we looked at um, how the enemy comes to pervert the process of birthing, you know, and uh, just that whole time of birthing when a woman gives birth and she brings forth child. And uh, many times we hear about postpartum depression and how people are so depressed. And we saw, we took it back to scripture and saw that in John, um, 16 the bible tells us that whenever a woman goes in pain in labor she has pain because her hours come but when she gives birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that the child has been has been born into the world so there is a joy that is released when you have 
giving birth, you know, but there is something about how the enemy constantly tries to pervert um, um, the blessings that God gives us so that he can steal from, you know, he can steal from, from that blessing so that he can pervert it and he can reduce it. And when you are looking at things from a place of pain, you know, every, you feel justified to be in the situation that you are, after all, you are the one that went through the pain. So it's like you can act however you want. You can say whatever you want because the pain is very present. So the enemy tries to keep that pain lingering, but we prayed against that. We also talked about sonship and how the enemy comes to attack the sons of God, how he's constantly trying to find his place or find his way when God's sons are um, gathering together. And we see that very prevalent in our day um, today how there is a constant attack against men. There's a constant attack, not just against um, the physical men, but even the, 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 the ranking of sons that God has called us into. So the enemy is constantly coming for the voice of the prophets. He's constantly coming for the voice, the authority of God's people. And we also prayed against that. We also looked at the sovereignty of God in birthing. You know, um, that scripture that says, um, um, that talks about how it is God that uh, um, puts, that causes the, the process of birthing to be. Birthing happens because of the sovereignty of God. He's the one that designs it so, you know. So we also made the prayer and said, Lord, let your sovereignty surround my season of birthing. And also realizing that the sovereign, when we make that prayer, we're not just saying, oh God, it is just for the season of birthing. No, but anything that is formed by the word of God, anything that is formed in the presence of God, anything that is formed by the sovereignty of God is also kept by and in the sovereignty of God. So when we are birthing, we are not just asking God to be a part of a part of the process you know uh, we're asking him to come and take charge over the thing that actual thing that we are birthing um <clears throat> the longevity of it the life of it you know and then finally we looked at um wisdom in the process of birthing and how um that scripture talks about Ephraim being too stupid to come forth at the time when um everything was aligned. It was time for him to show up, but the Bible says he was too stupid. He missed his time of, um, of, of, of arrival because he could not, he didn't have wisdom, you know, and we were praying against the spirit of foolishness. And we were asking that the Lord will, you know, baptize us afresh with the spirit of wisdom. Praise God. So we looked at birthing yesterday and today we're going to be looking at breaching and breaking forth. So when we speak of breaching, um, the dictionary explains breaching as, um, amongst other definitions, an act of breaking of or failing to observe a law, breaking an agreement, breaking a code of conduct. Um, there's another definition that says it is a gap in a wall, a barrier or defense, especially one made by an attacking army. Um, it speaks of making a gap in and a breakthrough. So breaking through a wall, breaking through a barrier, breaking through an agreement, breaking through a defense, um, and so on and so forth. So we're going to be looking at breaching today. And when we talk of breaching, one person that actually comes to mind is Jacob. You know, we see through scriptures how um, Jacob was actually called a supplanter because he was constantly breaching. You know, he was, con it seemed like he was always playing a fast one. What was that thing that he was constantly, like what's the thing that he saw or the thing that he knew that was making him constantly want to, uh, you know, outsmart Esau or outsmart the system 
or try and get something that everybody else couldn't see. It's like the way in today's world, we say, oh, Jacob was a sharp, he was a quick, fast person. He was, there was, it's like there was something he saw that was constantly leading his actions. You know, he was very shrewd, you know, and um, he was able to see things that other people couldn't see. He saw the gravity and the weightiness of things that Esau couldn't see. So even at the beginning of time, um, the breaching didn't even start when he became old. It, beca- it started even when he was born. The Bible shows us that, um, in fact, the scripture is in Roman, Romans 9, 9 to 13. Let's open our Bibles and let's begin from there. Romans 9, 9 to 13. And I'll read from the New King James Version. Scripture says that at this time, I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had received, had conceived by one man, even by our father, Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. There's been a lot of arguments about the scripture. How can it be said that, oh, God loves someone and he hates the other? If you go up the, I think, the line before or the verse before that it says that for the children not yet being born nor having done any good or evil that the purpose of god according to election might stand not of works but of him who calls so it wasn't even about their works it was about the calling of god god had already chosen god had already set one apart so it's it seems like okay God had already set him apart. God had already chosen him. God had already called him. But why did he constantly have to breach? Why did he constantly have to play a a fast one? You know, and it shows us that just because you are called doesn't mean you should abandon your responsibility. We see that typically in Jacob's life. He saw, he knew it's like, because the word, the, 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 the revelation was given to his mother. So perhaps there was something in his upbringing that his mother constantly told him. Perhaps there was something his mom constantly whispered to his, in his ear and told him, you are the chosen one. I'm sure when he looked at his life and the placement, how he was the one that came after, you know, his brother, he was, he, he wasn't the older one, you know, it may have seemed like, oh, how is it possible? But there was something that he knew was at stake and he had to constantly contend for it and you know it made me question and ask what are the what do what do we do every time we receive a word of prophecy when the prophetic word is released over you it just it seems like for the most part it becomes something that excites us we want to share it we want people to know that we've been prophesied over but what are you actually doing with that word are you taking it are you running with it are you contending with it prophecy is meant for warfare we've heard this i have heard it a number of times it is meant for warfare it's like the ammunition that god is placing in your hand and he's telling you that this is what i have given to you so you have to come into it and it's like many times after you have received a prophetic word it's like things just start to align against a person and you begin to wonder oh my god why what happened why are things so hard no it's because there is a contention that is required there is a breaching that is required for you to enter the manifestation of that promise praise god 
And so in speaking about the breaker and the breaker's anointing, in many believers, that is what is missing. That ability to contend, that mindset, that posture of contention for you to stand in that place and know that, okay, this is what the Lord has said. Therefore, it is my responsibility to take this word and to war with it. The word that was released over Jacob even before his birthing, but we see him constantly breaching. Then we also see this happen again at the time of the birthright in Genesis 25, 29 to 34. Scripture says, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. You see him doing it again. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use his birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him, sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And then it didn't even stop there. Even at the time when the blessing was going to be given, you know, we saw how he partnered with his mother again and went and collected the blessing just before Esau came. So you may have thought, uh -uh, but this guy, she, the birthright had already been verbally given to him. No, but he continued to contend. Even realizing that contending for this birthright and putting himself in, he was, it seemed like he was putting himself in harm's way because collecting that blessing meant he had to, it seemed like he was banished or he was exiled. He had to run. So it's like, it's like it's thrust him in a season of, will I say hardship or or um, what's it called? Constant contention. He couldn't come back home for a season. He couldn't come back home for a time. Why? Because he had it had placed upon him. It had announced a new process and a new season upon him. It was nothing comfortable. It was nothing exciting. But he knew that there was something at stake. Many times, and you know, we can also relate this to the pain that we spoke of yesterday. That sometimes you need to embrace the pain, the pain of the process, the pain of the promise, the pain of the prophetic. I believe that each and every one of us, you know, um, uh, um, we should have come to that point in our work with God where we understand now that it's not salvation is not, it's, it, it takes working out. The Bible tells us that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So when we receive Christ, of course, um, there are different stages and there are different phases in our salvation work, but we must not continue sitting in that place where we want things to be constantly done for us. It gets to a point where a breaching needs to happen. It gets to a point where we need to contend. Why? Because that's the only way we can lay hold of the promises of God, of the promise that God has spoken concerning us of the intent and the desires of God's heart concerning us just the way we saw in the life of Jacob that it wasn't when he got old that this thing started the battle started even before he was born God had revealed it to his mother I want us to lift up our voices and begin to pray that the Lord will give us the ability he will give us the ability he will give us uh, uh, the the posture, the spirit of God will, will anoint us with the breakers anointing that we will no longer sit down in the places of comfort, but we will become people that are constantly ready to breach. We are ready to break through. 
we are ready to contend for that which God has spoken concerning us in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, it gets to a point, you have to look at your life and even just ask that the Lord will make you restless. There are so many people that are sitting down comfortably. They're in their comfort zones. It's like nothing is shaking them. Nothing is, you know, um, 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 trying them. There's no contention. There's nothing. So they are constantly in that place of comfort. I want you to pray that the Lord will break you free from every season of will I call it evil comfort, every form of ease. As P.I. calls it, she says it is the ease of Esau that puts you in a state where you do not understand the weightiness of spiritual things. I want us to pray this morning that the spirit of the living God will deliver us from the ease of Esau and he will place upon us the, the, the breaker's anointing that will bring us to that place where we are constantly, well, we have that mindset of breaching, we have that mindset to constantly, you know, want to break through and break forth. He will give us the strength. He will give us the tenacity. He will give us the doggedness, you know, to contend for that which the Lord has spoken concerning us. I hope we're praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray that you will deliver us, oh God, from every form of ease, oh God, that does not that does not allow us to break through, that does not allow us to break through, that, that does not allow us to breach, oh God, for the things, Lord, that you have spoken concerning us. Our Lord and God, we pray Oh God, that you will release over us, Lord, a restlessness that is required to lay hold of the promises, to lay hold of the prophecy, to lay hold of God of the promises in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, oh God, that you cause us to be dissatisfied, oh God, with the comfortable things, oh God, with the predictable things, oh God, with the statutes, oh God, and the dictates of this world. Everyone <laughs> Everything <laughs> 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 
you see while we were praying two words that's that's that 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 came to mind ease and rest what is the difference between ease and rest because it seems like both of them um, just connote a state of as we call it of chilling it's like you are just relaxing what is the difference between ease and rest ease is done from the flesh rest is done from the presence of god that is what makes the difference when you are you know you can walk from a place of rest because you are led by the spirit of god and because you are operating from the presence of god but when it comes to ease it's like your 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 senses are clouded because your spirit has been it's like it's lying fallow you know it's like your flesh the the volume of your flesh is amplified over the spirits so you cannot hear you are numb to the signals and the sounds of the spirits you are numb to the voice of god so you don't even know how to walk you don't know how to evaluate you are not able to perceive things properly you are not able to weigh things properly you are not able to judge accurately because you are operating from the flesh father in the name of jesus this morning we pray that you would even sever every tie oh god father every tie with the flesh oh god that may still exist in our life oh Oh every call that reduces us, oh God, to judging and evaluating, oh God, from the place of the flesh, my God. We pray, oh God, that you will break that tie. We pray, oh God, that you will cut us off. Father, we pray that you will rupture that tie, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let it not have any hold, oh God, concerning us. Let it have no hold, oh God, in our lives anymore, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let there be a separation. Today, oh God, just as it is, Lord, at the time of birthing, when the mother brings forth the child, there is a separation, there is a cutting of the cord. Whatever cord of the flesh needs to be cut off from our lives, oh God, to allow us not to into the destiny that you have called us into, that let it be cut off this day, let it be cut off this day, in the name in the name of Jesus, 
I pray that we will be able to take that grace and rise up once again, just like the concubine of the Levite was told, get up, let us go. We will be able to arise, we will be able to get up, and we will be able to make that final push, that final thrust, that final bridge that is required for us to walk in the manifestation of the will and the promises of our Father in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will place in us a dissatisfaction, a dissatisfaction that is required so that we will not just sit on the bed or, you know, on the on the comfort of hearing prophetic words or hearing affirmative words, but it will launch us into a season where we are wrestling for the things that the Lord has spoken concerning us and that we will see a manifestation of the word and the desires of God over our lives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we see that the reason why the set-apart ones are unable to breach is because they do not have the breaker's anointing. The breaker's anointing, the breaker's anointing, that is what makes the difference. So many of us, we have everything, but this is like, this is the last dot on the eye that was remaining. And I know that at the end of these seven days, by the time we are leaving prayer rain for this month, we are launching into that season of, you know, resilience. We are entering that place of, you know, um, tenacity, of doggedness. You know, we are no longer settling for the things that life has been hand, handing on to us. We are launching into that season where we are taking the word of God for what it's worth and we are contending with it and we are wrestling with God and we will see, you know, the manifestation of God's promises over our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So next we're going to be looking at the taking of territories and the taking of, you know, it's still in, um, in line with breaching taking of territories, the breakers anointing in taking down lasting strongholds. And we're looking at this in context to the wall of Jericho. But before we even go to the wall of Jericho, you know, um, I want us to first look at Genesis chapter one, taking down territories. When we speak of taking down the territories, the first thing um, actually starts in Genesis one and we see how the spirit of God was brooding. You know, so the Bible tells us, this is very interesting because it paints the perfect picture. In Genesis one, the Bible says in the beginning, God Elohim created by forming from nothing, the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God was moving and hovering and brooding over the face of the waters. And then the next scripture says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So we see first that God created in the beginning, God created. And then the Bible tells us that um, um, darkness was upon the face of the deep. But what was the... what? What we see happening after that is that the spirit of God was moving. So the spirit of God came to brood. And this is what caused the breach against darkness. So you see, um, God had already created it. God had already had his intentions for, you know, for the earth as it were. But it seemed like, it seemed like. Um, darkness was on the scene. It's like darkness was the blanket that was covering everything that God willed to bring to pass. And the Bible tells us that the spirit of God was brooding. So the first thing we see it's, um, in, 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 in this story is that there is the role and the place of meditation. In fact, I would call it maybe the principles or the protocols of breaching. Number one, 
there's meditation involved. So breaching things that have already been set in place so that you can really hold on what is at stake and what is promised. I'm sorry, can you mute your mic? Thank you. So breaching things that have already been set in place so that you can lay hold on what is at stake and what is promised. Breaching things that have already been set in place. So the darkness was already set. God had already created, but the darkness was lingering and it was, it was lingering upon and covering that which God had created. But it needed to be breached and it started by brooding. It started by the meditation. It started by the spirit of God um, brooding over darkness. We see in scripture that Joshua was told in the book of Joshua chapter one, that he should meditate on the word of God day and night. And it is when he meditates on the word that he's, he would have good success. So there, it starts with meditation. There is no breaching we want to do. How do you even breach? How do you even receive the information on what to do and the path to follow? It is by staying in the word of God. So this warfare that we are talking about is not, like I said yesterday, it's not about pentirascalism. It's not about just getting up and say no is enough is enough i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm trying to come up with strategies from the place of the flesh remember we have prayed and asked that the lord will cut off every tie with the flesh so strategies are good planning is good you know um having willpower is good but where is it rooted from is it coming from the place of the flesh or is it coming from the place of the spirit and for it to come from the place of the spirit we must take the blueprint from the spirit which begins with brooding brooding over the word of God, brooding over the instruction of God, brooding over, um, you, you know, the heart of God, what the Lord has spoken. The only way we can do that is by partnering with the Holy Spirit. Joshua, as we said, was asked to meditate on the word of God day and night. It was upon that meditation that he was going to receive the strength, the courage that he needed to go on the journey. We see more on meditation in Psalm 119. The psalmist said, oh, how I love your law. I me meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insights than my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. The meditation that we are speaking about is not the meditation that this world has called meditation, but it is meditation on the word of God. It is by meditating on the word of God that we receive wisdom. It is by meditating of the word of God that we have insight on how to build, on how to breach, on how to move according to the leading of the spirit. In Proverbs 4, we see scripture says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So we must meditate on the word of God. What does meditating on the word of God look like? Can you meditate on something that you yourself have not received? Can you meditate on something that you have not even heard? So there is a place for sitting in the word of God. See, it starts in the word of God. It ends in the word of God. The word, of, I remember, I think I've shared this a number of times. I was, I, I've shared it before, but I'll share it again. How, I think there was a period where um, early in my walk with God, I was, I, you know, I was just so excited about encounters, you know, and visitations, angelic, heavenly visitations. And I will hear all these stories and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I started converting it. I wanted it. And um, there was a particular year, um, um, I, 
my birthday was approaching, you know, and people were asking me, oh, what do you want for your birthday? What are you doing for your birthday this year and all of that? And for some reason, I just felt like, oh, you know, I think I want to have a visitation or I, I, I felt like I had earned the right to receive an encounter with Jesus. So it was something that I would say, I will say, oh, for my birthday, I want to go to heaven. I want to see Jesus. You know, it seemed fantastic. You know, and every time I said it to people, it seemed like, oh my God, that's such a fantastic desire, you know, and all of that. There was just something about it that there was a self-righteousness, if I'm being honest, that was attached to it. I probably didn't realize it in that time, but it just sounded good and it sounded holy, you know, and it sounded like, ah, ah, hey, this person, she has really, really, you know, made progress in her work with God. For you to be desiring encounter, you don't want cake, you don't want car, you don't want house, you know, you're not looking for the things that other people are looking for. You just want to see Jesus. And I was bragging about it. And, you know, I kept talking about, oh, I want to see Jesus. I want to go to heaven, you know, and all of that. And I remember one day um, I was having this conversation. Actually, I don't know if Pierre remembers. And I was saying it again. And she was, I think someone had asked me and I was sitting, she was, she was present when I was saying it again. And I remember saying, oh, I want to go to heaven. Or oh, I think I was just telling her, I want to go to heaven. I want to see Jesus, you know, and all of that. And Pierre was the only person that was not as impressed as other people. You know, other people seemed very impressed by the things that I would say, but, you know, she looked at me and she said, well, Stephanie, that's fantastic. I'm happy to hear, hear this. But my question to you is, um, why do you, what have you done with the Jesus that God has placed in your hands? I said, oh, what do you mean by that? And she said, how familiar are you with the word of God, the written word of God that is in your hands? I was just like, oh, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, what does that have to do with wanting? And she said, wanting to go to heaven is fantastic. But you see, many times we want to jump the gun. We want to get to the place of experiences and encounters when we have not familiarized or acquainted ourselves with the written word of God that he has, has given us. Those things are inevitable. They will happen. You will have encounters. In fact, I even had one encounter recently. <laughs> I'm sure some of us have heard of it, you know, um, an encounter recently and I couldn't even believe that it was happening, you know, but it seemed like it is, it, it just seemed like a very childish. It seems like when the point here is when we try to remove the place of the word of God and we want to move on to the powerful things, we want to move on to the signs of, and the wonders, how are you going to find your way there when you have not familiarized or acquainted yourself with the word of God, when you have not sat with the word of God and allowed the word of God to do its work in you, when you have not acquainted yourself enough with it, because when you sit down with the word, you're not just taking in words, you are listening to the intents, the writings, the scribblings, and the mind of God. And it is not just a one-way street. It is a two-way street. It is a relationship. As you are sitting down to know the word, the word is also getting to know you. The word is interacting with you. The word is consummating its relationship with you. I want you to pray this morning that the Lord will give you a desire for his word. Because many people do not desire the word. Many people want prophecies. Many people want signs and wonders. Many people want encounters and visitations. Many people want to get to the big stuff and they do not want to do that which is required. They do not want to sit down with the word of God and let it have its way. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's lift up our voices and pray. Father, we ask, oh God, that you will renew, oh God, a love for your word in our hearts this morning. We ask and pray, oh God, that you would cause us to desire, oh God, your 
your word like never before. Let your word become our life. Let your word become the only government. Let your word become our counselor, oh God. You, Lord Jesus, you are the written word. You are the bread of life. You are the one that has been broken down in scriptures. You are the one that has been revealed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the writings of men. Lord, we ask that you will take us back to the place of love. You will take us back to the place of intimacy, not just with the spoken words of men, but with the written word of the Spirit, with the written word of God. In the name of Jesus, teach us, oh God, how to acquaint and reacquaint ourselves with the word of God. Teach us, oh God, take us back to the place, oh God, the ancient landmarks, oh God, of sitting with the word of God, of meditating on scriptures, oh God, of acquainting ourselves, oh God, with your words, with your sayings, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Let us not be puppets, rascals, people that hear, oh God, from the wind, people that hear, oh God, from the many speakings and the many voices or the many revelations of other men. Father, show us not how to sit down with your word and do our due diligence. Because, oh God, like the Berean church that always took your word and took it back to scripture. Let your scripture become our backdrop. Let your scripture become the context, oh God, upon which we build and navigate through our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, create, oh God, a newness, a new and a fresh desire in our hearts for your word, for your scripture. Show us, oh God, just like the psalmist, how to love and how to delight ourselves in your word, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, show us, Lord, how to desire your word like never before. Show us, oh God, how to desire your word like never before. How to, how to, how to delight in your word, oh God. Let us not just be people that, 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 that settle, Lord, for the, for half-baked prophecies. Let us not be people that settle for half-baked revelations, oh God. Father, cause us to be excited about your word again. And if it is that we have never been excited about your word, Father, create that desire in us, Lord, to love your word, Lord, to seek your word, Lord, to delight in your word, Father, in the name of Jesus. Show us, Lord, the treasure that is the word of God, because it is through the word that we build intimacy, oh God, with you. It is through the word that we hear your voice. It is through your word, Lord, that you release the intentions of your heart to us, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, to go beyond the letter, Father, but to go deep down into the spirit and how to sit, oh God, and brood just like the spirit did. Show us, Lord, how to become men and women of meditation, meditation on your word, meditation on that which we are acquainted with, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Show us how to pay attention to your word. As your word says, oh God, it is life to those who find it and health to our bodies. Our Lord and our God, we ask, Lord, that your life, your divine eternal life, will even be multiplied over each and every one of us. As we sit with your word, Lord, life will begin to be released over us and it will spring forth out of us, Lord. Everything that we birth by reason of meditation, oh God, will be, Lord, works of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we will give birth, oh God, to, 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 um, to, to seeds, to sons and daughters of life that carry the DNA of Christ Jesus, that carry the DNA of the kingdom, that carry carry the DNA of the Father in the mighty name of Jesus, that carry the DNA of the Spirit in Jesus' precious name. Lord, help us. 
help us help us holy spirit in the areas and in the places oh god where we are limited in the areas and in the places lord where we it seems like we are stuck where we are unable to navigate oh god spirit of the living god help us help us strengthen us carry us let your grace find us let your strength uphold us in the mighty name of jesus make us men and women that we will not settle for anything that your word has not said in jesus name make us resolute and resilient in our desire for your word in the mighty name of jesus in jesus name we pray amen jesus name amen amen the word of god there's something prophet adam says he says in fact, he, he gets to a point in his ministration where he starts talking about the word. He says it starts and he ends with the word. The word, the word, the word. The word of God is everything. The word of God is complete. The word of God is complete. We must go back to that place. We must go back to that ancient landmark of sitting with the word of God, of meditating on the word of God. If we look at scriptures, the men and the, the great men and women of old, they were, they were people that spent time with God. Jesus Christ, while he walked on the earth, the Bible tells us that early in the morning, he would separate himself and he would go and spend time with the father. He was praying. He was sitting down with God. He was brooding over you know the the word of god why was he doing that even though he was christ even though he was the chosen and anointed one there was a place for intimacy there was a place for sitting down and meditating on the word of god there was a place of interaction that was required for him to come into destiny as he walked upon this earth so if jesus could do it if the holy spirit had to do it then we cannot be exempted from the process. I pray that God will help us. I Amen. pray the Lord will strengthen each and every one of us. I pray Amen. that we will never become people that are too lazy to read the word. There are many Amen. times I speak with people and they say, how do you even get excited about the word? You know, you hear people saying things like, oh, when I carry my Bible, I fall asleep. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break that hold of darkness. Amen. We break it. We address Amen. you right now. Amen. Yes, you are not the spirit of boredom, but you are yes. the spirit of error. And we call you out right now in the mighty name of jesus Amen. lose your grief lose your hope Amen. to the children of god to the mighty name of jesus no more with the word of god and we move forward father this morning we ask that by your spirit you will realign our priorities the ability and the desire that we have to watch tv series and tv shows for hours on end we are falling asleep and we are still watching it father we pray that you will substitute that desire with a desire for your word Amen. in the mighty name of jesus if there be Amen. any addiction that is um, uh, um, present in us, let it be an addiction for your word in the Amen. mighty name of Jesus. Father, Amen. we consecrate our Amen. addictions unto you. Consecrate our desires unto you, O God. Father, let our desires be for things of the spirit, the study of the word, meditation of the word, in worship, O God, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let Amen. this be the things that take up our time. Let this Amen. be the things that fill up our hearts, O God, Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Help Amen. us, oh God. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name we pray. Amen. 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 Any mindset, anything, any mm. conditioning of this world that has made us feel like reading the word of Trick God is boring or outdated. Yes. Father, we pray that you would tear Amen. that veil apart. Father, Amen. tear that veil apart and Amen. break down that lie in the mighty name of Jesus. Break Amen. down every wall of error, every wall of lies. Oh God, break it down, Father. Separate it from us. Cut it off from us, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Indeed, a nation can be can be can be born in a day. Therefore, we can be transformed in a day. 
today. Father, transform and renew our minds, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. There's also an intentionality that goes into the meditation of the word of God. You need to be intentional about it. Surround yourself with scriptures. Surround yourself with the word of God. Surround yourself with spiritual content. Play scriptures. Take the audio Bible, play it, fall asleep listening to it. The more and more and more you do it, you begin to realize that you are waking up in the morning and you are hearing the word of God. You are hearing scriptures. Even when your audio Bible is not playing, there's an intentionality. There is a breaching also that is required. I pray that we will receive strength in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I stayed on meditation a little longer than I thought I would. Um, the next thing I want us to look at is consistency. We are looking at the protocols of breaching, consistency. And now we'll look at um, the wall of Jericho. So in um, Joshua chapter 6, from verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in so that's joshua 6 1 to 5 it starts by saying in fact in verse 2 it says then the lord said to joshua see i have delivered jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men it started by saying that the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. So it's like maximum security. It was securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said before they had even done the marching before anything, God told Joshua, I have delivered Jericho to your hands, into your hands, along with his kings and his fighting men. So why... You can see that this breaching was also required again for them to possess the city and for the wall to fall. And we see the process that preceded the breaching of the wall. You know, the blood told them, first of all, he released his word. And we see the place of the word of God again. It's the word of God that is released, the word of God that we receive, that we are able to brood on and meditate on. So the Lord said, I've delivered Jericho to your hands. I've given you his kings and his fighting men. It is yours. That's the prophetic word that has been released over you. Then the next mm. thing he said, march around the city once with all your armed men. Do this for six days. Is it that God could not take down the wall of Jericho in one day? I don't think so. I don't even think God needed them to march to take down the wall of Jericho. You know, so why did he tell them do it? And don't just do it. He said, do it once, but do it for six days. And he told them on the seventh day, march around and release a sound. So he required them to do something for seven days. And it's not just about the number seven. The number seven speaks of perfection, you know, but what I started to understand from this scripture is that there are things that God needs to perfect in you for walls to come down. Many times we are going through processes and it seems like, oh, this thing is too hard. No, is that there's still something in you that needs to be broken. There's still something in you that needs to be taken down. It's not just about the external thing that you see many times. In fact, most times, if not all the time with spiritual things and all things are rooted from the spiritual it needs to be taken down in the spirit first before you see a manifestation in the physical, you know? So God said to them, 
much around it. He needed to perfect something in them. God could have taken down the wall on the first day. He could have taken it down on the sixth day, but he needed them to be tried by consistency. So we see that the real wall that was taken down was not just the physical one. It was a wall within them. I would say maybe a wall of instability, maybe a wall of indecisiveness. Maybe there were people that were constantly taking things for granted. Actually, they were because it seemed like all, all the time, you know, God was just always showing up for them, delivering them. So they may start doing something today. When Moses was alive today, they'll say, oh, yes, we love the Lord. He's giving us manna. It only took Moses going up the mountain and coming down and saying that ah, these are people that were burning for Jesus all of a sudden. They have burnt golden calf. You know, they have created another image that they are worshiping. So they were an inconsistent people. There were things that were inside them that still needed to be broken and to be taken down. And so we see that God was perfecting something in them. So it wasn't just about that number being seven, but it was the perfection of something inside them that God wanted them to come into before they could enter, before that, you know, outward breaching could happen. And so we see that consistency is important because consistency strengthens us. So many times we are trying, and if we look at it, even in the issues of life, it may seem like you are constantly trying to, it could be something or it could be anything. The one that we are very familiar with, most of us, I'm sure, is weight loss. Please, sorry, can you mute your mic? Please mute your mic. Thank you. People are constantly trying to... TV... People are constantly trying to, you know, maybe lose weight or maybe attain some level of success, maybe in business or something. And it's like, ah, this thing is hard. I tried it the first time. It did not work. It did not work. It did not work. I'm not doing it again. No, you shouldn't stop. You need to be consistent. The consistent, it's not that those things, it's not that the weight loss does not exist. It's that you need to break into something for you to attain that thing that you are seeking. So we see the importance of consistency. Another important thing about consistency is that it's not just about um or about us just showing up what we are doing is we are announcing to the enemy you know that we have insight into something um for us to keep showing up every day for us to continue um showing up even though it seems like you have failed at something even though it seems like something has shamed you something has disgraced you but tomorrow you get up you dress up and you show up again remember just like the levite said to his concubine he told her get up so there's something about you getting up every day that proves to your enemy that, uh -uh, but why hasn't this person fallen? In Philippians 1.28, the Bible tells us that in nothing be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident take of perdition, but to you of your salvation and that of God. So there is something about you showing up every day. The enemy may think that, oh, this one, I've finished this one, I've killed this one. Look at what you know happened to Jesus on the cross. It seemed like this one is the end of his life. We have shamed him finally. She, he said people were even mocking him to his face, spitting on him. You know, how many of his disciples were there? He, he, it seemed like he was alone. It seemed like he was the only one standing. After everything, you know, it seemed like all the walls came crashing in. And then all of a sudden, when the enemy thought he had finally gotten him at a place where he wanted him, it's like uh -uh, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ showed up again. There is something about you constantly showing up that's speaks to the enemy and signals them that 
they don't have a hold over you. And that is why consistency is important. So we must not look at consistency in a one-sided manner. We must also see that it is announcing to the enemy that there is something that we know. There is something that we are seeing. There is a strength within us that cannot be broken. I want us to pray for ourselves this morning as we bring as we bring this session to a close, I want us to pray that the Lord will give us um, the ability to be consistent, that as he releases the breakers anointing over us, we will be consistent. We will stay consistent in that pursuit that he has committed to us. I don't care what it is, whether it is seeking for a child, whether it is seeking for the success of a business, whether it is growing a ministry, whether it is trusting God for the perfection of health of a family member. The Lord is saying that in nothing be terrified of your adversary because it is evident to them that their perdition is near. And it speaks of your salvation in God. I want us to pray that the Lord will perfect in us our ability to stay in him. Just like he perfected for the children of Israel before the wall of Jericho fell. He had to perfect something in them. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will perfect, Lord, that which remains to be perfected in our lives. Every wall of inconsistency, every wall of fear, every wall of doubt, every wall of unbelief that still exists within us every word of a lack of faith because many times we speak words that are not rooted in faith we are speaking words but lord they have no roots our lord and our god everything that needs to be breaking broken down everything that needs to be shaken oh god father in the name of jesus as we show up again before you in prayer we ask oh god that you will strengthen us we ask oh god that you will break down every word that needs to be broken we ask oh god will cause us to be men and women of consistency, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, help us to become, O God, the people that you have called us to be. Help us, Father, let us not give up, let us not be double-minded, O God. That which you have spoken to us, the instructions that you have given us, O God. Father, help us to keep our eyes fixed, O God, to keep running, O God, to keep chasing, O God. Father, never to give up, to be resilient, O God. Even though we are pressed down, oh God, on every side, Father, let us never give up, oh God, because your word shows us that there is a promise, there is a joy that is set before us, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, in every way, we need to be reminded of your promises, my God, for us to receive the strength and receive the might. Father, we pray, oh God, that there will be a release of strength, oh God, there will be a release of strength as your counsel comes, as your word comes, as your word is released, oh God, as we are reminded of your spoken word of the prophecies over that you have released over our lives. Lord, may we not give up in the name of Jesus, everything that needs to be perfected in our lives in this time. Oh, Father, we pray, oh God, that you will have your way and do your will, Father. Let it be perfected, oh God. Let it be perfected, oh God. Let it be perfected, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, oh God, that you will take away the voice of shame, oh God. Take away the voice of pain, oh God. Father, the voice, oh God, that causes us to feel small, oh God. Father, the voice that whispers lies in our ears, oh God, that causes us, Lord, to misjudge, oh God, or misevaluate. Father, take it away from us. Let us not know that voice. Let us no longer be acquainted with it. Let it be the voice of the shepherd that we know and we follow in the mighty name of Jesus as your spirit ministers to us and tells us this is the way to go father let us not look to the left not look to the right oh God but let us follow oh God as your as your voice as the voice of the spirit leads us in the mighty name of Jesus father whatever stigma or shame may be attached or whatever stigma or shame we think is attached to our names oh God or our ministries or the things oh God the businesses or the things oh God that have come forth out of us Lord that keeps us in a place of smallness that keeps us constantly running away oh god father release us oh god from that hold of shame in the mighty name of jesus deliver us oh god from that hold of shame father in the mighty name of jesus give us the boldness that is required the more we sit with your word the more we acquaint ourselves with your saints the more we acquaint ourselves with the voice of the spirit oh god father cause lord the warrior in us the overcomer in us to emerge father in the mighty name of jesus keep us consistent oh god keep us consistent oh god show us lord the principle oh god and the profits the benefits of consistency father let it perfect oh god give us the ability to sit with you and allow time and process until there, there is a perfection oh god of the things that you have placed within us oh god in the mighty name of jesus Amen. we pray oh god that every wall, oh God, that stands in the way, every wall, oh God, that stands in the way within us, oh God, every wall within us and every wall around us, Lord, as we apply ourselves to your word, Father, it will break down. We will not give up, oh God. We will remember these words. We will remember these prayers, oh God. We will go again for anyone that has been discouraged, for anyone that has been refused, for anyone that has been rejected, oh God. Father, we pray that we would receive and we would generate the energy oh god the strength oh god from this place of prayer and we will launch forth again just like you said to peter and peter responded and said i have told all night but nevertheless at your word lord i will launch into the deep father give us the ability to launch into the deep again in the mighty name of jesus father give us the ability to launch into the deep oh god let us not be hard-hearted oh god towards your word let our experiences not blur our vision, oh God, or cause us to be deafened, oh God, to your voice. In the mighty name of Jesus, any wall that our experiences may have caused, any wall of iniquity that may stand or exist in our lives, oh God, even those that we are not aware of by reason of our bloodline, oh God, or by reason of our family line, our Lord and our God, deliver us from it, oh God, and break that, that wall, break down that wall, Father, by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Let the breakers and anointing rest within us. Let the breakers anointing rest upon us, oh God. Let the breakers anointing equip us, oh God. Let the breakers anointing change and strengthen us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us not settle. We do not want to be men and women that settle. No more will we settle. No more will we settle, oh God. Father, we go forth this morning, breaking through, breaking grounds, breaching, oh God, because we see, oh God, that there is something at stake. And Father, we will 
continue, Lord, to go forth. We will continue to be propelled by the leading of your spirit, oh God, mm-hmm. until there is a manifestation, oh God, until we mm-hmm. lay hold of your promises over our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. In Amen. Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, because these are not just mere words that have been spoken, oh God. But Father, we thank you because every time your word goes, goes forth, Lord, you watch over it to confirm it. Lord, we ask that you will confirm your word, Lord, in every life, in the life of every person present on this call. Father, you will confirm your word in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, further down into that scripture, we see that a sound was released you know, there's the protocol of the sound. So we talked about the protocol of consistency, the protocol of meditation, but there's also the protocol of the sound, you know, um, maybe tomorrow we can just quickly go over that before we go into the teaching um, and the prayers for tomorrow. But we see um, how the sound is not just shouting, but what the, the sound represented, you know, it started with the unity, the army coming together and matching the timing, you know, the priesthood and the altar going before the people, you know, um, and we see that the trumpet was used and we'll begin to look at what the trumpet um, signifies and what it symbolizes. I pray that as we hear these words, I, I, I it is my desire that this meeting will not just be business as usual to each and every one of us, but indeed God will give us that. I believe that what is left, what remains is something very little. We've done everything. It's like we've done all everything that is required, but this one thing is what remains. I pray that the Lord will show us and he'll help us navigate. We will not miss out. We will not miss out on everything the Lord has called forth for us. This is the year. This is the time. This is the season. This is, this is the day. I pray that each and every one of us will arise and we will arrive at the will of God for our lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Um, Have a blessed day and see you tomorrow.